Um, yeah, so let's get this party started, guys. So for those listening, Life in Colour is a brand new show that will discuss current affairs from a different perspective that you probably don't hear about often enough. Our show will be amplifying the voices of minorities around the world in a global conversation about the most important issues that face us today. We'll be chatting about ideas of racism, sexism, imperialism, nationalism, white privilege, um, all in the context of current affairs in Australia and beyond. So why do we need to do this? Because we're really passionate about contributing to these global conversations that we need to have, um, even if it can sometimes make us feel a little bit uncomfortable, hey? <laughs> so I'd like to intru- introduce you guys to my co-host. Um, Leanne, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Um, hey, yeah, I'm Leanne. Um, I'm currently studying at Monash, doing my um, post-grad thesis on political myths. Yeah. Cool, cool. And I think I might just chuck some random, <laughs> some random questions at you. Um, what is the earliest memory that you've ever had? That's such a tricky question. I have such a bad memory. <laughs> and you know, it's one of those things that, like, you don't know if it's a memory or, like, your attachment to a photo. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll think of an easier question. Um, what is something that you're afraid of? Heights, to be, like, cliche. Yeah. <laughs> okay, hi. And we also have Sherry Rose. Hey, Sherry Rose. How hi. Are you? Hey, Tell I'm us a good. bit about yourself. Well, my name is Sherry Rose. I'm studying a Bachelor of International Relations at La Trobe University. Yes. Great, great. And tell me, Sherry Rose, um, what is, describe your the perfect day for you. The perfect day for me. Oh, the perfect day for me would just be my family, just spending time with my family and the friends, like all the people that I really love and care about and just I think we'd go somewhere like a park and just chill have fun yeah perfect day and what about you Anissa um yep so I'm I'm Anissa I'm studying history at Melbourne Uni and yeah that's that's about it and what's what's something that you do habitually what's your favorite thing to do Habitually, um, I like to eat. Is that <laughs> does that count? Yeah, I, yes, I love eating, snacking. Eats. Oh no, but me especially. Just that definitely counts. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely love food. <laughs> so in our first show, we'll be looking at what racism is, uh, the recent controversy at the Logies, and we're going to end with some big sister talk. So we'll just get straight into it. Um, so the first thing we really want to talk about is what is racism, because I think a lot of the general population don't quite get it or they don't quite know. So I think it's really good to unpack that idea. So for starters, um, we'll just start with a really basic um, concept. Racism is the idea that one group of people are inferior or superior to other people um, based on their colour, ethnicity or religion. The concept of having a race is actually not real or scientific. So the idea of, you know, a racial group being inferior or is entirely false because, you know, races don't exist in the first place. There's only one human race. Um, So race is actually a social construct um, designed to categorise people into different social and cultural identities. And for too long, it has been used to divide people and to devalue and oppress people. Uh, So where did racism come from? Uh, What do you guys... How would you guys answer that question? (laughs) Because it didn't, you know, exist in a vacuum or anything. No, I think it's a complex question, especially as... I think a lot of people get the racism mixed up with prejudice, whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, people can be, I guess, prejudiced to those within their own race, but racism exists within 
a societal context where there are structural society societal norms mm. that have continued to reiterate particular uh i guess stories about particular types of people yeah. um associate them with negative often negative um attributes that then disempowers and disenfranchises them you know throughout history and i guess that's the kind of racism that we're mm-hmm. wanting to discuss and that we want to open the conversation about i think it's important for our audience to understand that we just want to open the conversation want to discuss these things and things are these are issues that we are passionate about and that we'd like to hear more of and mm-hmm. they may make us feel a bit uncomfortable but we yeah. just want to talk about them so f- please feel free to contribute to the discussion ask mm. questions or comment on our facebook page life in color and twitter life in color show um yeah it's a very tricky question because you know there's a whole really long history of racism and we can never really work out but a lot of racism, historic racism, has been linked to kind of othering and kind of a group of people kind of asserting their identity and their belonging by kind of othering another group as being different. And, like, you know, and in Australia it was first, like, kind of the Italian immigrants because, yeah. and then there's kind of different waves of racism of, like, who's being kind of othered, who is different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it comes a lot out to do with fear and insecurity and about asserting... Yeah, one's dominance over another, and and I feel like a way to overcome racism. Well, that's a tricky question, I guess. <laughs> but but it's about like letting go of that need to feel better than other people, important than other, and just embracing your identity, a- identity and importance. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, those are really good points. And for, for someone who studies history, I guess um, if you look into the history of colonialism and imperialism um, by European and Western empires over lands in which people of colour live, i.e. the rest of the world, um, you can see that racism is re- it's really nothing new. In fact, it's, it's really deeply rooted in history. Um, and the inequalities that resulted in the invasion and exploitation of people of colour and their land still continues today. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I feel like racism can be a really destructive force that I think affects us all. Yeah. Um, it affects, you know, how we see others and relate to them. And because racism is so entrenched, I think we sometimes don't even realise our own racist biases and prejudices. Um, and it continues to destroy our community and, in dis- and in dis- disempowers people. So, yeah, racism has played such a crucial role in the oppression of people throughout history, in my mind. Um, and it's used to legitimise everything from bullying, um, slavery and murder through ethnic cleansing and genocide. So in two words, I'd say racism kills. Yeah. Um, so racism is also the result um, of a complex in- complex interplay of individual attitudes, social values and, and institutional practice. Um, and that has created a really unfair and unjust world for the majority of the world's population. So racism can look in it can it can be in certain or different forms so there's there's different kinds of racism there's you know structural behavioral and a lot of the time it's invisible what do you guys think of that well i you know the thing is that it's not so invisible because it is so entrenched within society Mm. and i mean each of us we may not realize it but we do have racial biases we do Mm. we 
like we regardless of our background and whatever else we have our own biases but we do have racial biases and we can express that in the form of racism without even realizing simply because it is so entrenched within society and it has become a norm in certain areas institutionally perhaps um that when we experience it we don't take notice of it and that's when it has that I guess false invisibility because it's happening but no one is really taking notice of it because we've become yeah accustomed to it in certain ways and that's not to say that it happens all of the time yeah I think it is just that if we are becoming more educated about it which I think our society has progressed significantly. And that's what we're trying to do here with this show. Absolutely. Um, Even if we are progressing and we're becoming more Mm. aware about it, it's just that it still happens. And we want to get to a stage where, you know, we can understand our own biases, our own racial biases, that of others, and, yeah, overcome and progress from that. Mm. I think sometimes discovering that racism exists is a bit like discovering the matrix it's like if you don't (laughs) think racism exists you don't see it anywhere Mm. and then once you read about it you're like it's everywhere it's so obvious and it can Mm. be frustrating talking to someone especially if they're maybe white privileged and live in a certain world but even when i was young and like naive yeah or maybe like i know wasn't really like you didn't really understand what racism was yeah even though I felt a lot of racism, I couldn't articulate it. I didn't know, really understand what was didn't going what on. Was and then yeah. once you get those vocabulary words, you're like, it's everywhere. It's, a, mm. it's kind of really trippy. Mm. But about the other thing about invisibility is that I think, I think racism is sort of more invisible in our society in the sense that we openly talk about being multicultural and, and we have this very kind of like inclusive language. And in the past, people might have been more overt about racism, especially. But at the same time, I think it just means racism exists in more insidious ways. Yeah, and and it's not like, um, you know, you might not have like the Australian, the white Australian policy where you have like an overt law, but there's still a lot of like underlying kind of prejudice, both in like personal and institutional settings. Mm. And in some ways, that's worse because it's like harder to articulate because people are facing racism and they're constantly being denied that that, mm. that exists. They're yeah. being like, oh no, we live in this multicultural progressive society. Yeah. And so, it's like your fault if you haven't Yeah, succeeded. I, I feel like, like, you know, no one's going to call themselves a racist. A racist, yeah. <laughs> but I think people have just become smarter with yeah. their biases and just a bit more... Yeah, hmm, they just have different words like... Bits more subtle, yeah. I guess. It's like when you want to diss someone, you don't say, you know, you don't say, oh, I don't like black people you say I don't like gangsters or something like this is euphorisms it's yeah. more like oh look at those gangs of yeah people people yeah, yeah but but like gangs is a very like colored yeah word. yeah yeah absolutely but I think it's also that a lot of people don't realize like we were saying a lot of people don't really understand what racism is and someone might say things out of ignorance behave in a way that you know someone who does understand will say oh well that person's is being racist but Mm. there is part of that invisibility is that there isn't discussion there isn't knowledge of Mm. what it looks like what it sounds like and i mean it's happening more and more that we're becoming educated about those things but again yeah it's still happening yeah i think um for a person who has privilege and doesn't have doesn't go through those experiences it's hard for them to conceptually understand it um because you know then they're most likely never going to experience what it feels like and so that's why they feel like you know they argue that you know racism doesn't exist well maybe 
you know, not in your experience, but for the majority of people around the world, it, it definitely does uh, in different ways. You know, we've given you a lot of um, concepts and theories. Now we really want to talk about, you know, current affairs and how racism, how we see racism um, in the news right now and how it's playing out. So we wanted to talk about the Logies and the controversy that came with it. Leanne, do you have something to say about that? Um, as few of you guys might have heard already, um, Logie nominations came out about a week ago. And specifically the Golden Logie for the best personality on Australian television. For the first time, um, two non-white people got nominated, which were Lee Lee Chin and Waleed Ali. This was met with a lot of backlash um, on social media, on um, sorry, morning breakfast shows by Daily Telegraph. Um, they, in fact, wrote an article called Six Reasons Why Waleed Ali Should Not Win Gold. <laughs> and the really bizarre reasons, like one of them is diversity needs to become the norm. The other one is he doesn't have social media. And the first one is we need better programming on commercial TV and Ali is the exception that proves the rule. Um, interestingly, um, not a single non-white person has ever won the Golden Logie, and this is the first time there's kind of any kind of prospect, and at a point where people should be, you know, celebrating increased diversity on Australian television, um, it's been met with a lot of bad backlash. So, yeah, it's, um, what do you guys think about that? Well, it's almost like the when you look at the television and you look at what's on our television you look at what's in our screens it's meant to be reflective of our society mm. so i guess you can see this or from this is just my perspective it's sort of you can look at it in two ways one the television isn't actually reflecting what is supposed to be a multicultural and diverse and accepting society or two it is reflecting what can be said to be a society where racism does exist but mm. again is kind of treated um, behind you know a facade at times and is not put out there so in so what we're seeing on our screens which is a predominantly white anglo-saxon television and those people being recognized for their talents and yeah. other people being sidelined I guess to an extent for their talents is that this is also what is being reflected in our everyday society and mm. what we see so you can look at it from two perspectives but either way you look at it it is kind of sad because we like to think that you know someone who is a citizen here in Australia who um, works and lives and has their life and happens yeah. to be in whatever career position it is they do should be able to be recognized for that regardless of their background, faith, skin color, etc. But again, it is that idea that, you know, there is something that exists without, within our society mm -hmm. which can be attributed to some types of racism. Some people writing those articles might not say, oh, well, I'm not a... I'm, I I'm don't not a, like yeah, brown men. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're not going to say that, but it is those, um, like those biases that exist mm. that we don't think about. Yeah. And it is disempowering yeah. when you see something like that happening because, I know, you'd like to think better of your society. Of course. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that, Sherry. And um, I just want to say hi to everyone first. I'm Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> I came in late. so. But yeah, I think that um, 
this whole racism thing is very deep deep rooted this change would only occur if you rev- you really rewrite the history entire history yeah lot, like yeah. <laughs> do it all over again yeah. with other people in it like yeah because it's it's been the white people who's been colonizing uh, for so long so mm-hmm. they have been like the strong image of that so if you are not in that image mm-hmm. you can consider yourself as second always the second or maybe no value at all so yeah what's interesting though is um how they determine the nominees is for a popular vote mm-hmm. which means that regular you know Australians who subscribe to TV week voted mm. them in so generally it's never ever kind of challenged because it's like a sort of, I guess, a democracy. Yet, once... This is the first time that two coloured people and people being like, oh, it's been rigged, it's reverse racism. Why do you think there's, like, um, people have been challenging kind of their popularity, both Lili Chin and Walid Ali, and, like, their kind of expertise within the field, saying that they're better candidates within ABC and SBS fit for the job, like someone listed Lee Sales? Um, why do you think there's been such a broad backlash... Um, for these two compared to, like, Carrie um, Bickmore? Like, what has, like, driven people to write these kind of articles? Like, what do you think mm. has... Because surely question. no one is, like, I hate... Asians. Co- Asians. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like... And brown people. Brown yeah. people. Like, no one's... Yeah. I, I think perhaps uh, mainstream media has always been white. If you look at, you know, the popular shows, um, the hosts for TV panels, it's always white come to think of yeah, it, so um, aside from, like, a few, you know, SBS or ABC. But, you know, if that's the standard that people are used to and, um, you know, media and culture, they they influence your perception of society and your perception of who you are as an Australian, for instance. So if Australia... If we have this image of Australia being white, then, then that means anything that's not white is, like, a challenge to your identity as, as an Australian... Um, and that can sometimes be confronting. And the way racism works where you associate certain characteristics or, you know, adjectives to um, people of a certain colour. I mean, why can't we see Li Lin Chin just as another another journalist? Why do we have to see her as, oh, she's Chinese? Why do we have to highlight the fact that she has a certain ethnicity where we don't say the same with Carrie Bickmore, you know, <laughs> or we don't, yeah, you know, like, you know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what it is is just, it's it's not defi- It's not taking cons- consideration who that person is, what their talents are. It's having a particular idea of a group of people. It is, it is completely negating any sense of the real self. It mm. is... Um, it is defining them based on based on color of the skin. on the color yeah. of their, their skin or, or their religion, um, and it is dehumanizing them to an extent. And that's to think that I mean, when you think about something like what's happening with the Logies and what's happening in the Logies, etc., to think that that is that what seems like such a complex idea is reflected in almost a superficial way. People are just mm. saying, well we don't want him to win or we don't want mm-hmm. her to win but it is deep seated it is rooted in some very complex ideas yeah and um we've already got people engaging with our show so we've got someone um who's 
who's written to us, um, they've said, hey, racism is about defining somebody purely in terms of their race. So racism dehumanizes. It takes away someone's humanity. Um, that was someone um, letting us know what they thought racism was. And you can too by going to our Facebook page and um, just leaving a comment. Um, and yeah, we, we want people to engage with us. Um, this is Life in Colour. We were talking about the Golden Logie nominations. Um, continuing that conversation, um, today breakfast host Carl, I think it's Stefanovic, when was asked why his co-host um, wasn't nominated, um, he made a joke about, oh, it's because she's not coloured enough. She Ooh. even tried to get a fake tan and whatnot. Um, people implying that That's you know this was like kind of reverse racism, which is interesting because... Not a single coloured person has ever won the Golden Logie, and this is the first time that two um, non-coloured people have been nominated. Um, do you think there's like a sense of entitlement with this idea that the norm is that white people win, and once there's like the potential, it's mm. like, oh no, it's reverse racism. That is so tasteless, by the way, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but it's almost that it's like you're not good enough to win on your own merits. You're mm. not. You're not good enough. In society in general, and I don't know about you, but that makes me feel very, almost, yeah, it, it makes me feel one vulnerable yeah, to because, society, mm. and it makes me feel less valuable, because if someone in that position, with that regard, who has not only achieved in the field, I mean, we're talking yeah. about Lee Lynch, and how long has she been in the SBS, and yeah. In the industry, she is something that's different, someone amazing. who is different, and someone who's incredibly good at what she does. Yeah. But an amazing fashion sense, by the way. Just <laughs> putting it out there, amazing. Yeah, but the sense. fact that, Strong you know, <laughs> she can be so criticized and so, I mean, she's in the media, so she's probably not unusual, but in something like this, yeah. like for someone, say for myself, who hasn't got that acclaim or, mm. you know, that, if it can happen to them, of course it can happen yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. Does it make you feel disempowered? Like, yeah. what? what is my future <laughs> kind of thing? Yes, yeah. it absolutely does. Yeah. It absolutely does. But at the same time, it is very, very hopeful because it's saying that, one, we must be making some sort of progress as, mm. a, as a society, as collectives, because, you know, we're trying to move past that. And just as, many, just as there were many people who were getting angry about this and saying, oh, you know, why are they being nominated? Like, mm. is it simply because they are a person of color and we're trying to diversify TV? There mm -hmm. are just as many people, I think, who are also saying that, well, why not? Yeah. 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 And obviously, by popular vote, people have said, you know, we recognize your talent and your contribution and, you know, we're happy about that and we're not going to continue upon this ideals you know mm. that we have that are not really truly reflective of society you are part of you know the cohort that mm. is reflective of what a modern australia is and we want to see that and we want that to be acknowledged and i think that's really encouraging yeah yeah it's 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 a really interesting conversation to have because uh, because some people just don't see it you know yeah. they're like yeah you know what Lilian Chin, she really isn't that talented if you think about it. Or mm -hmm. you know what, Walid Ali, yeah, yeah, he's all right, but you know there are there are better there are better nominees, and it just yeah, it it gets mm -hmm. quite quite frustrating. Yeah, and I guess that's the one annoying thing. Um, he's you know he's a lecturer at Monash, he's won like journalist awards, so it's a bit like as a person of color, if you've succeeded in anything. Um, and going through all these obstacles to secede that and like kind of go find the arts like your merits is still challenging question and mm -hmm. that whole idea that like there was a huge backlash I know at Harvard University where 
um, there was this article insinuating that all the um, African-American students got there from affirmative action and not based on merit. So, yeah, there's this kind of, um, kind of like, p- political correctness gone wild kind of aspect to it where, yeah. Absolutely. And I think what we've just been trying to explore in talking about um, racism and in talking about it in the context of, you know, this is a kind of fairy truth, this is something that is is you know happens often is we're just trying to unpack i guess and understand in everyday terms what this means so and i think that's what we really want to do so i want to bring it down to your level and we'll do what we call here a little bit of sister chat and you know how does it make you feel anisa to see like i said someone who looks like you or who has a similar background maybe experiences you Mm. or not to see that you know how they're represented, how they're treated, how, what's your experience of that? Because I know that the first time I experienced racism, I come from a mixed uh, family, a family where there are multiple mm. racial backgrounds. So I guess I was enclosed in, um, I was enclosed and grown up in an area where it didn't really matter. It's not something that I experienced because I was accepted in myself. And until someone pointed out to me one day in high school that, well, actually, you're completely different because you're you're brown. And that was my first experience of it. I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that that's... I didn't realize that I was actually, um, mm. yeah, I, yeah, I didn't, one, yeah. like, at that age, I must, I was really young, you don't understand, like, what is racism, or yeah. what is race, you yeah. don't understand any of that, yeah, like, yeah. and like I said, my family that I've grown up, I certainly didn't understand any of that, because mm. that's not the context in which I was living in, but yeah. more and more, it's just become reality, um, but yeah, Anissa, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we all feel the same way growing up, without understanding these concepts of racism you don't really un- you don't really know how to navigate these um these cases where you feel that someone is you know devaluing you or mm-hmm. um saying something to you in a negative way and you're just like are they just insulting me because they're just they're just being rude to me or they're having a bad day um or is it something else and as you grow up and as you uh, learn more about the world and yeah. um, the reality of it. Yeah, it's, it kind of gets smacked in your face like, oh, that's why. So <laughs> so for those um, of you who are listening, you know, you can't see me. I'm Asian and I'm Muslim. So I'm an Asian Muslim woman um, and I wear a headscarf. So I'm visibly Muslim. And, um, you know, growing up, certain things would happen here and there. And me being so innocent and naive, um, you just... You just kind of pass it, just like, oh, that made me feel really crap. But anyway, just, yeah. you know, get along with it. Um, and then and then you realize what's happening. Um, and that is, and that is you know, they're, they're using their racism towards you um, and seeing you as an Asian. So a lot of the stereotypes about Asians are, you know, Leanne, like submissive. Maybe you've yeah. had that too. Like yeah. um, Asians are submissive, very quiet, passive. passive. You know, they'll just do whatever you want. Um, yeah. And as a Muslim, I think we all we all know what that kind of, that that would I entail. Mean, how yeah. are they represented in the media? Because yeah. you know you don't see people who look like you when yeah. you turn on. I remember when they had an Indian family very briefly on um, <laughs> Neighbors, and there was huge uproar. Yeah, exactly, and it's that idea that well, you're challenging an 
you're challenging the idea of what it looks like to be an Australian. But it's like, mm. wait, so how does that play out for someone like me who thinks that, well, I, f- I think I'm an Australian and I like that there are brown people on mm. TV and mm. I see them on the streets and in shops and yeah. why can't they be on Neighbours or why can't they... Yeah, And it's really disempowering when you have that experience of yourself because you feel as though you don't belong in that realm to a certain extent. You think, well, maybe there isn't a place there for me because I'm not Mm -hmm. supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. And Uh, along that note, it's like um, there's a lot of internalised racism when you're growing Mm -hmm. up as a result because of the Mm -hmm. lack of media representation. Like Mm -hmm. um, when white's the dominant and you don't fit into that yeah. then all you and all you want to do as a child is to fit in to feel like you belong yeah. then you try the hardest to be white and you feel yeah. really detached from your, your your traditions and your culture um to, it, yeah. yeah and it's not necessarily you know there's not necessarily your teachers your your friends telling you to abandon them it's more like this more kind of invisible pressure of you wanting to fit in yeah. and you not fitting makes you feel I'll give you an example like um when the September 11 attacks happened, I was quite young. I was yeah. still in school. And when it happened, um, you know, and I was wearing the scarf mm-hmm. at that time, the hijab, you feel like the spotlight is on you. Like, have you ever been on a stage and there's just yeah. like this one spotlight and the That's room could really be hard. crowded, there's an That's audience, harsh. there's other actors, mm-hmm. but the spotlight is always on you. So whatever mm-hmm. you do, people going to see. And for me, you know, I'm already personality-wise quite a shy, introverted person. Um, to have that feeling of, you know, always being watched or feeling like you stand out from the crowd and people are looking at you and what Mm -hmm. what you're doing and already having these um, attitudes towards you, even without having even met you or talked to you, Mm -hmm. it really does something to you. And what it did to me was it made me feel even more enclosed and Mm -hmm. I just kept to myself a lot and I didn't want to make a noise and I didn't want to do anything that might make people feel like, oh, look, that goes to show that she is that mm. oppressed Muslim woman, even though probably not talking, <laughs> kind of just like <laughs> yeah. um, further that stereotype. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think so, I think when you're a young person as well, you want you just, to fit in. And yeah. sometimes you feel as though you have to choose because I have to understand that, like I said, racism, racist attitudes, bias, we all have those. So mm. they can exist within your own cultural, religious groups. The, the places where you feel you're, you belong, you might be rejected from those places because in trying to be what you think is society's ideal and trying mm. to conform to one or the other yeah. you are rejecting the other without even realizing it but again that is those the the effect of not seeing others who look like yourself in media yeah. of not feeling as though you are representing you are part of that mm. population and that you can be part of that realm you don't realize the flow-on effect upon yeah. your personal and day-to-day life and, you know, upon your personal habits and, yeah. Yeah. Something that mm, and I think, like, m- me personally, I'm at a point in my life where I just can't take it any- anymore and I feel like I just need to be myself and I need to discover my identity <laughs> and be proud of it, be proud of the fact that, you know, I'm Asian and I'm Muslim and I'm a woman and, and all the other um, parts of me. And I feel like, you know, if there are other listeners out there who are going through the same experiences, then that is enough for me to come in each week to discuss these things with you guys. So I want this to be like a safe space for for people of colour or anyone um, to discuss these ideas of racism um, and how it affects your life. And I think we should also make a point that it's not just that, you know, we happen to be women of colour, but these are just 
current affair issues they're mm. topics that other people talk about in other news ties yeah it's just that we're we want to share from our perspective and our perspective. opinions and um from others like share with us we want to open that conversation so yeah please yeah. Yeah, so that um, so that's um, what we wanted to say for this show. We really want you guys to join us each week. Um, so we've got a really cool lineup next week. We'll go- we're going to be speaking about white and Western beauty standards and the fashion industry and how that affects women of color in particular. Um, and yeah, just just leave us some feedback. Um, show us some support on our Facebook page, Life in Color.